believe that even though they say inflation is not coming, we actually believe it will be because you can't print trillions of dollars. We think inflation's coming. We do. We're borrowing money now. We're borrowing. That intro? Was that the intro, Craig? No, but it's just funny that we were saying that like a year ago. That could be. That could be fine. We can just go right into talking. Yeah. Why does it always have to be? Hey, welcome to the practice. Welcome to the bulletproof dental practice. But you just did that. Boom! You just did that. So I that is done. The intro. Intro. Boom. Done. No, actually, I'm glad that you are bringing that up about like our prognostication. Not that we're always right from being financial gurus, and we are not, not financial gurus. But our ear to the ground is to the ground because you and I do have friends who are in financial sectors, who right. have been successful in real estate, who have been successful in finance, who are hedge funds managers, the Peter Malouk, you know, like those kind of things. And so yeah. sometimes people listening to this, like, I thought this was a dental podcast. Well, guess what? You don't live and function your dental practice in a silo. And I know you know that it's not an echo chamber. It exists. It exists in a macro environment, right? Where there's wars, potential. Right. Where there's recessions potential where there's just, you know, inflation. Well, dentistry potential. is actually correlated to the S and P, you know, so as the S and P rises, dental practices do better when the S and P falls and the stock market falls, dental practices do worse. We're fairly correlated. Dental yeah. expenditures go and well, I think it's down. fairly correlated to discretionary income, right? And right. Which is correlated to the stock the market. market. Yes. When the S and P is going up, even though it's, it's not cash money in someone's, they feel quote unquote richer because of the equity that has been gained by that gain. Unfortunately, it, it doesn't translate until you sell, just like we were talking before we hit record about the house pricing in, in Florida. And it's yeah. great. Everyone's you know saying, look at the equity in this hope that my house, Florida has gone crazy, but guess what? You don't get to see that money yeah, until you actually game. hit sell. Right. And if you do hit sell, you're probably going to do a 1031 into something else. Right. Buy a different house, which is, it's all going to be relative. So, yeah, it's not a 1031 though with the house, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. These, yeah. Sorry. You're right. And just so what, just for the people that don't understand what he's saying, um, Peter's talking about a very cool loophole in the, in the tax code um, that's specifically for real estate investors. It's very cool. What I'm doing right now, as a matter of fact, Craig, first time ever uh, utilizing a 1031 tax-free exchange yeah um, so just I to dumb moving- that down section 1031 allows for people that have a real estate investment to sell it and not pay the capital gains tax that you would owe so long as you buy another qualified real estate investment and it's really neat not yeah, that you're so- never paying taxes on it but he's actually taking the proceeds that he would have paid taxes on it investing it and then he on will the make difference. money on that yeah so for instance if i bought the building for five hundred thousand twenty years ago and now i'm selling it for a million I don't pay taxes on the 500,000, right? I, I don't Not pay yet. taxes on the difference of the basis yet. You get to carry it forward at a 1031 at a tax-free exchange, which is a totally different idea. I didn't, I thought it was like, oh yeah, I'm just going to do a 1031. You actually have to find a 1031 intermediary. Did you know this? Yeah, I do. And you have to identify the property at a certain identify period of time. the property of 45 days and six months. Yeah. And all the, there's yeah. a bunch of, there's a bunch of, and you can never touch the money. I thought it would yeah. hit my account and I could hold on to it. Nope. If you touch it, 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 it invalidates it, essentially. If you touch but it, essentially it what you got, Peter, just to dumb it down for, for anybody that might not understand this, you got an interest-free loan from the IRS. You owed that money. Had you not done it, you owe that money this fiscal year. Mm-hmm. Let's just say this next property that you own and you, you own it for 20 years, mm-hmm. the money that the 500 grand you owed in that example will build over time because now you've invested it, it will grow. 
So it's a wild mm-hmm. instrument. It's a wild thing. I mean, it's, I know there's a lot of people that him and haul over the real estate people, whether it be Donald Trump or whoever is the target that they exploit the tax code. Mm-hmm. They don't exploit it, buddy. They don't exploit anything. The taxes are written. The tax code is written such that it rewards the investor because the tax, the people that wrote the tax code believe that your real estate investment will do more for the economy. Sure. So you're incentivized to hire people, grow businesses, buy real estate. It's, it's a not, private not market a, stimulus is what it is. Right, right. right? Just like, like the ESOP, like we always talk, we've talked about that before, the Employee Stock Ownership Program. The, so when you see a company that's employee-owned and the, the company can actually delegate a per- percentage of its shares to the employees, and then you can actually put your company in a tax-deferred situation where your company will grow into perpetuity without owing federal taxes. Because it usurps and uh, the tax, uh, it goes around the tax section. Um, so there are things that are available to us, and they're not exploiting anything. It's just right. to take advantage of the laws that are there. So it's, it's interesting, Craig. I'm not a very, I'm a good acquirer of things. I am not a very good relinquisher of things. I get very romantic about the things that I own, buildings, and you know, I get, I get romantic about, oh, look at all the memories there. Or even Bitcoin, you know, I'm not a very good seller of them. So you fall so in love with your a, assets. I do. I do. Yeah. That's um, rule number one. I, I confirmational do, I do bias. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You you definitely have confirmation. We all do. Yeah. Um, I do love I love your assets too. Remember when you wanted to part with one of your buildings? And I'm like, dude, yeah, 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 yeah. And you walked me off the cliff. I know. Um, today I, I though, wish I, I didn't. I think it's important though to talk about in, if we're talking about, you know a macroeconomic climate and things that are happening. Obviously everyone's fully up to speed on inflation. So we're not going to talk about that, but all inflation is under is unfortunately is a tax, you know, yeah. and it's a tax on regular living. It's just a hidden tax. Um, well, it's a tax the, on the, on those who don't have assets. Correct. Because it's, it's a benefit to the, to the people in the asset class. So you, I was, when we started hit record here, I was listening to one of our older podcasts that might've been about a year ago. And you and I are talking about borrowing money, buying assets, inflation's coming. And that's at the time when everybody's like, there's no inflation. There's no inflation. Don't, yeah, they were reporting don't worry 2%. people. You're right. 2%. They were reporting 2%. They were t- the reporting. And then you were talking about the Chapworth index and the real inflation. And mm-hmm. all you and I could do is echo the sentiments of our really smart friends that, Hey, you don't print trillions of dollars. And at that time, on the podcast that I was referring to, we were saying that 20% of the dollars in circulation were not in circulation a year ago. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know, it's 40, 50, right, Pete? I don't even know. It's 40% of the money supply has been in the entire, since the existence of time, 40% of the entire US dollars in circulation have been printed in the last two years. Okay, so what we were talking about about a year ago- $10 trillion dollars yeah, has been so, injected. So we were talking about $4 trillion at that podcast. Yes. And we're saying, hey, there's a problem coming. There's a problem coming. And it's not a self-congratulatory thing. It's just that we have, we're blessed in that we have really great friends that know a lot more than we do. And it's like that thing where we say, show me your five friends, I'll show you your future. Think about the people in your, in your circle, in my circle. And we're watching those people and like, damn, okay, we got to bring, we got to bring this information to the podcast. And um, so now you know, I, I know it felt good for ordinary America to be given stimulus checks, but now that that's going to be paid back and, you know, in, in gas prices and inflation and ordinary, you know, everything's moving. And I know you wanted to talk about something very specific. Well, today. it's the Cantillon effect. You ever heard of that? Yeah, of course you talked about it. Yeah, I did. And that so was it, the, it why went into effect. Talk about Germany? What was that? 
well, no, he was, he was a French economist and essentially it basically said the money, the money that's, that's put out in the economy, usually it benefits the people closest to the king. And he did a study on this in the 1700s. Right. And so there were, so what happened is the government did two things. It gave, it gave the, it gave stimulus money, 400 billion only, I'm going to put finger quotes only at the bottom, right? Where the cancel line would have gone down, but 10, $4 trillion went up at the top. So yeah. the cancel on effect. So they finally met. Essentially, there was an injection of money at the bottom, but 10 times the money at the top. And so the people right. closest to, quote unquote, the king, you know, the hedge funds, let's just call it the people who are who are our oligarchs, if you will, in the United States. The money is finally trickled down and all this money now is now caused supply and demand. Right. Right. And so it that's why that's what the cancel on effect was predicting. Um, but we're not going there. But what's interesting is, is now we've talked about that. We've talked about inflation, the Cantillon effect, all these things. And now here we are, Greg, where it's something that happened this weekend, the past three or four days, which everyone is talking about in the financial markets, which is the inverted yield curve. Okay. You, you got to dumb this, this way down for me, Peter, because I don't understand anything you're talking about when you talk. I know you've talked about this before. You it's mentioned a big this deal. Like a, yeah, I know. But you mentioned this to Peter Malik. You mentioned this like a year ago. This was something that you've talked about. Well, so it's, it's what's been, happened? It is a predictor that has been the most accurate predictor of recessions for the last 60 years okay it happened in 99 it happened in 2007 just to give people a reference and scope okay <clears throat> and so what happens craig is that when the, when the invert when the yield curve so here i'll just break it down real small so here is a yield curve for take a two-year bond okay okay you would expect the yield is not very high because the shorter amount of time period that you're willing to risk as a the guy who buys the bond to get the government or whoever is the bond guarantor says look that's not that far long that's not much risk for you therefore your yield is not that great okay okay now if i say well what about 10 years they say well shit a lot can happen in 10 years there's yes, a lot more risk i'm remembering this now okay yep so so the yields are better short term than long so i mean long term than she, yeah Yes. So when that when that chart flips, currently right now, today, the three-month bond yields higher than the 10-year bond. Got it. So what this predicts, Greg, is that the market is pessimistic, pessimistic for the future. And this has predicted the last nine recessions. And so why I bring this up, it's a big deal, is that um, what it says is once there's an inversion of the yield curve for at least 10 days, there is a in, there is a sixty six percent chance in the next twelve months that there will be a recession. Oh and my a, God, are we overdue for a correction? And a ninety eight percent chance there's one going to happen in the next two years. So basically, everyone's putting their finger in the next sixteen to eighteen months. Essentially, there is going to be some kind of pullback. Question but Peter, is, though, if I would have asked you this a year ago, we had conversations between very personal conversations, you and I, one year ago this time. Remember those conversations, right, Peter? Mm-hmm. Remember how we were sure as shit that we were going to, we were at the top, 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 top of the market on everything? Mm-hmm. Remember a year ago? Yes. yes. And here we are, we added in a year. And guess what? We could still add in the next six, we could add right up until then. It still could yeah. melt up. Yeah, and no, I know. And, and the, the, listen, the dot com predict the dot com crash and the 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 crash of the of the of the mid two thousands was predicted. It just didn't know when. They just didn't know when. So there, you can't predict the top. 
And I don't, and I think it's categorically different. I think the world, given what we also said, and we are, you know, given what we just said about 40% of the money supply, the ingredients for this cake are not the same as 99 in 2007. So will there be that. some what kind of mean? pullback? What, what's the ingredients? Meaning for? there's so much more money. There's a different economic climate, right? We're facing different, we're facing things like rising interest rates. There's a, there's a whole lot of things going on. So the Fed, so two things are going on. The Fed has announced we are going to increase interest rates over the next uh there's going to be nine more adjustments to the interest yeah. rates of probably 25 Upward. basis points or more mm-hmm. over the next, what, couple of years yeah, to, 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 slow, kind of cool to slow the, the f- market. Yeah. So they and are never a works pony right. that says, hey, inflation's out of control. We know it. We're reporting it at nine. It's probably 15. Right. You just can't say that because it'll The tank. only it'll- thing, because it'll, it'll, it'll ensue, it'll, what will, it will ensue is the velocity of money to increase because, and too fast, because people will then say, shit, I'm going to spend all my money because it's literally <laughs> evaporating in my presence. Then the velocity increases, which, which means, you know, me and you exchanging it back and forth to each other, buying goods increases, which then cause more inflation. Mm. So it's almost like they can't put the toothpaste back in the bottle at this point, but they're, yeah. they're using their, all the tricks that they can. Congress is wanting to print more to stimulate out of it. The Fed, which is not a U.S. entity, by the way, is not a federally mandated program. The Fed is actually supposed to be an independent entity is saying, no, 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 we need to raise interest rates to Mm -hmm. slow down the economy. And then you've got things like inverted yield curves saying, guess what? There's going to be a recession coming regardless. But what does that recession look like given the aforementioned things that I just said, right? So it is a scary time, not scary. And it's, well, scary. it's a changing time, but here's what I say. Here, here's look, whenever, whenever you get information like that, it's like, okay, I understand. I understand. But like, what's in it for me? Like, what does this mean to me? The dentist, what does this mean to me, Peter Bolden or you Craig Spodak or you bulletproof listener listening? It may mean nothing, but I said to myself, when I, when I put all this data together, I said, you know, this is probably going to be a time when I need to go head down and just build the business, grow okay. and build the business, optimize the business, get head down, possibly expand, possibly not. But like, there are well, things that I won't be able to control the stock market in the next 16, six to eight months, 18 months. Who knows where that ends up, Craig? But guess what? I yeah. have zero, zero control over that, right? There's zero control over the tax rate. Well, right. And, and, and also statistically speaking, you shouldn't get in or out of the market. You should actually stay the course. Um, you should not try to time it. You should not try to go. I mean, statistically speaking, those of who course. try to time the market don't do as well. So I am, uh, you know, Craig, I'm a big fan of data to the point where I think it's it can help move the needles if you know what data you're looking for. And, and um, we are still using, are you still using dental intel? Yes, of course. Yeah, of course. So I think I think that's kind of the de facto standard at this point. And it's, uh, but good. Knowledge is only power. Or what am I trying to say? 
Yeah, knowledge is only power if, it's, if you can execute on it. You got to know what you're looking Let's at. What I love about Dental Intel is they actually break down the, the information that's relevant mm -hmm. and they have all that, the statistics to show. So I'm not getting drowned in a bunch of data points. I'm seeing the most relevant data points, the hygiene uh, recall rate, the daily collections, the daily production. follow-ups is the massive. Yeah. For us, it, that's the thing that moves the lever is like, right, your software will tell you like who's gone and acted, but it doesn't help you identify when they're about to and to assign it to someone to then reach out and make sure they don't go inactive from the follow perspective is the, in my opinion the game changer um for an analytics software so i remember when you first got dental intel and those lights flicked on for you you were just you went way down the rabbit hole yeah bro. yeah because 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 it was solving pain points that that, that you know, yeah. I didn't know needed solving. And then when I, it exposed right. me to it, I couldn't unsee it. You know, I couldn't put the toothpaste back in the bottle. Right. Um, but it's really helped. And then you saw my numbers, by the way, and you saw my dental. Because remember, I, I put you on my practice. So you right. were getting my reports. Right. And I was doing, at that time, significantly better than you were. And with like eight, within a year or 18 months, you crushed me. Well, of course. <laughs> you, you, you gave me something to beat, you know. Which, yeah. which, what you focus on, you beat. And I was focusing well, you were, on you. You were playing a game with no scorecards, <laughs> what you were doing. You were just going out there throwing really well, hard. Well, no. Really I, what, hard. I think the ultimate metric and what's something I still look at daily to this day, daily, is the, the APPV number, we call it my practice, was the average production per patient visit. And that is like the overarching, one of the one of the high level KPIs that I look at. It just yeah. shows I you I used that, to do that by myself, by the way. No way, you it, did, like you, own, you, was, you computed it? I computed it. It would take me, like what, what I get automatically via email, like daily or weekly now, I used to spend like a week to try to get one data point for. That's, that's, it was so hard. Well, I mean, I guess you could. But I mean, listen, it's a software that if you don't use and you don't pay attention to it, it's not going to provide doesn't you help any, you. <laughs> it doesn't help you. Yeah. So I hear people like, oh yeah, you know, they, they don't really do what they're supposed to do. I'm like, no, they, they're supposed to give you data. <laughs> you know, they're not going to pick up the phones for you, but, uh, you know, the data is really important. And the first time I turned it on, it was a really enlightening experience and not all positive, but at least it gave me the um, parameters to know, how to, to know how to win, which is awesome. I know it did the same for you. I just want to ask you a question, Peter. I'm, uh, sure. This is a, I, I would love to get your feedback on this. And I, I'm trying to be careful the way I ask it because I don't want to shape it and I don't want to. I don't want to put my biases out here. There are practices right now that are booming, right? Record months, record businesses. A lot of my friends in either dentistry or in business are literally breaking every record they've ever broken. Every The first quarter of this year was record for a lot of people. Every um, one of my practices, Craig, broke the highest record ever last month. Every one of them. Okay, so... So what would you, and I, I can't, I can't say that to my specific practice because of a, a doctor transition, but yes, we're busy, busy, busy. Right. And had we not lost anybody, it would have been amazing. Like we would have, we would have easily crushed those records as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm also hearing Peter, some of my friends that are working in dental practices and saying, it's not that busy right now. I need to make mm -hmm. a move. I'm not the, the practices, the schedule is falling apart. Things aren't going as well in, in certain dental practices. Are you more concerned because you feel like, let me ask you if you just agree with this statement, because I'm trying, I'm trying to be careful with it. Do you believe that this is a true statement with things going really well globally on an economic level? If you have a practice or your practice is not doing as well, would that frighten you more for the coming correction? Yes. Okay. And, and then why? Because. I feel like if, if 
like you said, like you alluded to, this is even outside of dentistry. Like I have friends who own car dealerships and friends who sell airplanes and like every, you can't buy an airplane. So if, if you are not doing well in this quote unquote abundant time where, where, where successful nose to the ground operators or nose to the grindstone operators are crushing it everywhere you go, if you are not profiting in this scenario, I don't think it starts yielding better in my opinion. Got it. So you, you have, like, if you're doing okay right now, you're not killing it, but you're doing okay. You're, you're worried about your business. It's not, it's, it's, it's okay, but it's not really expanding, growing, not really doing well over the last three months. What do you say to that person, Peter? I say, okay, how will you fare with a 20% pullback? In your business. In your business. Meaning that I remember, I look back, I looked at my numbers from 27 to 20, 2007, or, or six to 2009, the effects of the, of the financial crisis was about a 22% reduction from my revenues, right? I mean, that was the haircut. So if you can withstand that, and, and let's just assume, Craig, that the, that the inverted yield curve is predicting that same thing that's going to happen in some capacity, whether it's, um, whether it's who knows what it's going to be, a cyber attack, you know, maybe the next crisis or something that's going gonna, gonna to be the precipitous for that. Um, you know, because obviously COVID, we had that pullback for COVID in, in March when the stock market got crushed. So this, there will be a precipitating factor. So if that happens, and are you okay with a 20% pullback? Okay, so what if the answer is no, I'm not. No, I'm barely, you know, right now it hasn't been good these last year and specifically these last three months have been very difficult. What, what's your advice to that person? Well, I would say it is, are you burning? Are you losing market share? Are you flatlining or are you losing market share? Meaning active number of new patients, which is your market share, which is the value of your practice essentially is the number of active people. And I would say, if you're losing that, if there's an attrition over time and, the, it, and if it's trending to zero, then now may be a time to consider why money, why interest rates are still somewhat low compared to what they could be, which means that valuations are high, right? There's, a, there's an inverse relationship, Craig, with the valuation of your dental practice and interest rates. The lower the interest rates- Where are you going with rates, this? Where are you going? What are you saying to this person? I'm You're saying, saying- To consider that, selling? Yes. Okay. Or onboarding a partner or looking for some kind of help because- because acknowledging that you're not doing well in a climate where a lot of people are, I mean, wouldn't you agree, Craig, every, every entrepreneur outside of dentistry or even in dentistry, the people who are doing well in dentistry before this are crushing it now. Would you not agree? Yes. But I just think that when people do well, yours truly included, we tend to blame ourselves for why we're doing well. And when we do poorly, we blame the economy. So I think a lot of people are fooling themselves to say like, oh, I'm a, I'm, I'm the Bill Gates of dentistry. We're so busy, you know, mm -hmm. but it's really, you know, point to everybody, all the restaurants down here, everybody is slammed, slammed, slammed. restaurants, Everything. hotels, Everything. now personal trainers, hotels, vacation, airline flight. It's not full Disney like, world, uh, airlines, everything. I, I don't know anyone that's not doing well, so but that's I'm my hearing, point. But if I am you, hearing dental practices, some of them saying okay, we're not doing well. So that's fine. So either this is this is a come to Jesus moment for for said person. Okay. It is everything else in a discretionary standpoint. And like you've always said, dentistry is discretionary except the extraction. Right. Right. It's not medically necessary. Dentistry is discretionary. 
if everything else discretionary is crushing it, why aren't I? Why aren't I? Okay. And if I'm not, what am I going to change about the formula that I'm doing now? And I'm going to potentially be going into an uphill battle with this inverted yield curve. What am I going to do to insulate myself from the pullback if there is to be one? And if you don't have good answers for that, sign up for the summit, sign up for, (laughs) no, if you, well, why not? But okay. If you don't have good answers for that, whether you're going to change your marketing or onboard your team or whatever, whatever it is, then you need to find someone who can either, you can hold hands and join forces with, or consider that like now may be the peak of where you are. And I'm not, I'm not advocating for anyone to sell. I'm just saying, look, not not acknowledging your options is is just ignorant just ignorant right. to not say like okay this is what's coming get your head up out of the sand and say okay here are my options i don't like where i am now probably not going to like it more in the next 18 months given the given this data that if you look at the macro climate macro financial climate so you're not gonna like it more so maybe now is a good time to consider onboarding a partner or selling a fractional share of your practice or getting a consultant to really help you or, or hang under the helm to inputs, change in the helm and go through the storm too. That's kind of cool too. Do what? Hold on to the helm and go through the storm as well. Yeah. But, but Craig, let's just say, let's just say that person doesn't have the war chest to grab onto the helm, as you say, and have fun through the storm. It's not the cash fun to go through a storm when your boat has already got leaks in it. Right. No, it's true. So you want to be shit. You want to be ready. No, it's true. Good point. So like, make sure you have an emergency fund. That would be so what happens? Thing. I just wanted to, I wanted to bring it to that because I've heard of that. Um, now tell me, tell, how does the inverse yield curve get corrected? How, what, it, what's the mechanism that points to be going out of the storm? Or we don't, you don't have that information. Well, under- interest rates have to rise, right? There has okay. to be better yield created for a long term, longer term money than the shorter term money. And so but it, but it's only a short meter of time. Like I said, it only has to happen for ten days, and so it's not going to be inverted forever. But when it is, it's a it's a harbinger, 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 harbinger yeah, harbinger of I kind of so. a, a foretelling of what's going to happen in the next, like I said, six to eighteen months. But Craig, this could I, I want to make sure this is crystal clear for everyone. I am not saying that this is going to look like two thousand nine. I'm actually not saying I know anything that's happening. I just know that, that that history has proven time and time again that this happens, but will it look the same given that our money supply is three times the amount as it was in 2009? I don't know. I have known the answers. And if I did, I sure as hell wouldn't be sitting here podcasting or, or running dental practices, right? Yeah. If I knew what was going to happen, I'm just saying I'm trying to put all the pieces together just like you. So... It's an interesting time. I think it's one of those times that you you calibrate where you are. You're happy, great. You know, but form a strategy. Form a strategy, form a plan of what you're going to do because this is what I do. I don't just gather information so that I can just hypothesize about sounding cool and knowing what I'm talking about. I, I gather information so that I can strategize about my next five moves. What does that look like? And if this happens, then I will do this. If this happens, then I will do this. It's always contingencies for me in the next five moves. Because having a plan and then getting punched in the face and then just stopping is like, that's not really a plan. You need to have contingencies to be able to bob and move and weave. So I don't know. That's that's kind of where I am, bud. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, being having gone through so many different 
times, you know, I've always made moves in the down times personally. Um, I've always been, I've been always excited when winter comes because I mean, like, look at the move I made on the March 23rd in COVID 2020. I got scared, but I did it. I bought the largest position of the S and P I ever had in the face of it falling the furthest. Um, You know, when, when you assets are the thing, when they go on sale, people run from them, which is so strange. You know, when Nikes go on sale or the black Friday sales, people wait outside to buy, but when assets go on sale, everybody's like, they want to dump everything. Yep. So when people get scared. Uh, they drop things, right? And, yeah, and, and the, it's the a, best time to buy is when there's blood in the, yeah. the flight to cash. Typically. Right. Well, right. and that's another interesting thing, you know, like gold used to be the safe haven. And look, if you had invested in gold 10 years ago, you'd be down, you'd be down yeah, your money. It's, it's, it's flat. It's flat. It's flat. You know, Bitcoin hasn't, didn't, didn't perform the way I thought it would do as this safe harbor, uncorrelated asset. Now, yeah. now we're in a different macro trend right now. So I think it will do really well if going here forward. Um, but like, it's just scary. Like you said, you said, look, look, I, I, I get excited when winter is coming. I, but- I do. I, maybe that was because last time winter came, I was younger, but now mm-hmm. I do, I do agree that, um, um, it's for me when everybody's going one way, I want to go the opposite way. Um, and, uh, I, I think it's an important time, you know, from a personal standpoint to, to have cash. The good thing is Greg, what's having, here's one good thing having about, dry powder can be helpful. Here's one good thing I see that about the difference between let, let's say potentially now in 2007, 2007, eight, nine, there was a, there was a crisis in the real estate market, Right commercial and otherwise and you know and that was because of the whole you know everyone should own be a homeowner that was the american dream and they made the legislation so that that people unfortunately took advantage of that situation dogs were getting homes and cash back at closing and things like that literally dogs names they weren't doing any credit checks nothing you've all seen what's that the big short um yeah that is they fixed that and so you still meaning it didn't revert back and yes to get a home you don't need as much money as you did right after 2009 but like commercial properties are probably going to be still sound so it's not it's not going to look like this on sale stuff like what the housing crisis was in 2009 especially given the like i said the amount of of currency in the market so what's michael burry saying right now Hmm? what the guy from the big short michael burry what's he saying now is he a Bitcoin I maximalist? I don't know. No, he's definitely not a Bitcoin maximalist. He actually predicted. He's been wrong so many times since then. I think that was his one. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's been, yeah. I mean, he literally got lucky one time. And look, he got lucky big, but like it doesn't, you know, being right one time doesn't make you the, uh, the, 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 the prognosticator that just, you know, Nostradamus of, of financial information. So I don't know. I think like I'm beating this to, down to the level. I just think, I, I think I wanted to talk about this because because I think awareness is really cool for people. And I think awareness brings things that someone may, we may have mentioned something that someone listening may not have known about was even exist. And it may have piqued their curiosity to then dig in. And now they can protect them and their family potentially by learning and just becoming aware of things outside of the dental office that may affect the things inside the dental office. Right. And how are you going to, what is your plan to insulate? If there's a pullback, what is your plan? If there's an, a melt up, what's your plan? If nothing happens, what is your plan? Um, you know, so that's it. But I, but I agree with you too, Craig, that, 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 that 
recessions, quote unquote, are an excellent time for for expansions, if that's the time you're wanting to do. Because everyone coils up in those times, shrinks up, and, and they grab onto their assets and they hold them tight. And yeah, the reason why money. people, the, the reason why a lot of advertisers suspend their budgets from TV right around the Super Bowl is because that's the most premium time. You're not going to compete or political seasons. You can't complete, compete with the political parties. So it's just funny that when, when the herd goes one way, we always tend to just go the same way. This is a time when you can look at, if we do go through it, you know, or I shouldn't say if, or when we go do go through it to, to, to recognize that your voice will go further, your advertising dollars will go further, your expansion will go further. I remember during the crisis, there was a, a little we'll go further. You're saying it'll go further because there are people sitting on the sidelines. Yeah. The game you still know, has to be played. But people have to are going to sit on the sidelines. So you know, and a lot of this psychological time. defeat, by the way, Peter. I remember going to this little place we used to go sandwich shop, and I used to love it. This was like two thousand eight, nine, whenever the crash was. We got hit particularly hard in Florida, um, but I remember going to this place. Um, it was some little cafe here in downtown Delray, and I remember going there and always really enjoying everything um, and enjoying the service and enjoying the responsiveness of the team and all that stuff. And then I went there during the recession and. The guy's like really busy and he can't keep up with everything. And I'm like, well, what's going on here? It's like, well, you know, with the recession, I, I wanted to laugh a couple of my people. I was like, well, did you find your business being down? He goes, no, but you know, I was reading in Wealth Magazine and strategies for a recession. And so he preemptively shrank in anticipation of a, perce- a perception that his knees would go down. And he, he literally effed his business up. That, that is not, that is not the move, but um yeah, I don't think you take action until you have evidence of one way or the other. But it is nice to just, like I said, I, and this is the third time I've said it is, a plan is is probably necessary to be created. And that's why, you know, honestly, Craig, the things that you are, you're passionate about, your vision, you know, and helping people create their vision and their true authentic self and like digging into that, our mastermind, and, and I know you're doing a big, big track on that it's at Summit. It's really important because we always talk about the North Star. And if you know your North Star, right, and you know where you want to go and you know your true purpose and all these things, and, and you get hit by these bullets, so to speak, yep. you can still look up and be like, all right, well, it doesn't matter. There's a recession here, there's a recession in 99, there's stuff, you know, money, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I don't really care because here's where I'm headed and this is what I really, really yeah. want to do. Well, that's the very definition of being bulletproof. Bulletproof implies you're being shot at. They, they hit you. They just, they deflect. So being bulletproof is persisting through the face of adversity. It's not mm-hmm. about not going through adversity. I mean, geez, that's what makes us all happy is the adversity. We're not meant to be living safe light lives. In fact, we're too safe these days. That's why I think a lot of people aren't happy. Life mm-hmm. is too cushy right now. Mm-hmm. We're actually making it harder. Human beings are making it hard on themselves right now because it's just in some ways, if you were dropped off, I mean, I was listening to Joe Rogan the other day and he's like talking, if you were just dropped off a thousand years ago, you'd probably end your life. You'd probably look at the way you're living. You wouldn't be able to handle it. You know, a thousand years ago, people, you know, dying by sword and there's a feudal loss. I would have thrived. Well, who knows? I mean, <laughs> we'd be well past our prime in a thousand years ago. But all I'm saying is, is it's not that adversity shouldn't come your way. It's just that you, perse- you persevere through it. And I think that's the very core about what being bulletproof is, is just to be able to face adversity, go through it and come up better for it. Right, just think of all the splinters you would have got in a thousand years ago. And like, yeah, I know. Hey, look at this splinter I got. Yeah, what was that a reference to? Like my hands when I was wakeboarding. Yeah, no, your you're, you're at my hurt. lake house, and you're like, yeah. I can't, I can't 
I can't hold the rope. Throttle, I got this. I got a splinter in your ports. Look at this. No, no, no. Was like, my hand was uh, cut open. <laughs> it was a blister. It was a blister. Oh, <laughs> you can't, you can't tell the people the medicament you uh, recommended I use being yeah, a medical doctor. Don't, don't I say can't. what it was. Like, but it was yeah. not something that a doctor, a dentist normally prescribes, at least not no, in my practice. No. I never prescribed it's an over the counter medicament for a topical a cream. Yeah. yeah. And it, um, was, it was not flattering and it didn't work by the way. I applied it, it did not work. It, no. The funny part is you actually tried that this isn't working. <laughs> I know I didn't try it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so guess what I'm excited about. No I was doing this morning, working on the summit presentation. No way. Yeah. Chris Ramsey, advanced. Rob Ritter, Jenny Perna, Uchi Odiatu. Sounds he com- Japanese. He confirmed? He did. Dude, Uchi, well, I saw him at Hinman and yeah, like standing room only. I was going to, how do you know that? Because he never freaking speaks. I've never had a seat at one of his events. It's always standing room only. Literally, like if it wasn't for him, I mean, him and um, the dancing dentist, what was his name that we had? Uh, Constantine. Yeah. Yeah, Constantine. I got to meet him and he's a cool dude. That's coming out. That pod's coming out. But like he had standing room and Uchi, like yeah. and Uchi was kind of next to the bulletproof, uh, the, the pod thing they gave us. Yeah. And uh, I could see like this, everyone just standing and hooping and hawing. And, and like, I don't know Uchi, never heard him speak. Oh, I'm he's really, badass, bro. I'm Holy really, shit. really, yeah. ever, and even my office manager's like, you have to get proximity. Yeah. You have to talk to Uchi. He's amazing. And I was yeah, like, he's, I mean, he's like, he, sh- he was the keynote speaker at the, I don't even want to represent. I don't even know what it is. He's been. Wait, so keep going people. down the talent. I love it. Cause so okay. Ramsey Ritter, obviously just separately, OGs, by the way, cause they OGs both have in our field. Yeah. Oh, like, They both have individual tracks. Uh, Yogi dentist. Um, Uchi's up there. Um, he's going to be doing a keynote for us and uh, he doesn't know it yet, but he's going to be doing a track as well. Such a badass. Um, I'm just excited about it because it's all new content. And. Um, oh, you yeah. know who else is coming? Actually, listen to this. Someone I so, don't know. So you know how Nate, Nathan French, you, you know, talks about yeah, videos. Bo, Bo is coming this year. Bo is my videographer, um, who's who's actually decided to go on to other endeavors because he's blowing up so much, which is great. Like, right? Like, I actually b- was really happy for him that he wanted to uh, leave becoming, us because it means his 20, life is expanding. Mil- tens of millions of followers on TikTok. Yeah, you can't be the he, videographer of a dental practice when you, you can't. You, and I didn't want him to be that forever, so I'm happy yeah, that he spread be. his wings. But you can't he, be a hygienist and work with Oprah. He, well, Greg, he got us a video on TikTok of the practice that I think I told you. Now it has 67 million views. He did it from the point of view wow. of a seven footer. And so That's he's awesome. actually going to be coming to teach some kind of tips and tricks for TikTok. Of like how to do things as a videographer, but also as a talent and really help dentists kind of go next level. So uh, I mean, he, putting him and Nate together about Nate talking about doing tons of video production and then creating awareness on that video production. And then Bo looking from an organic standpoint on how to kind of frame things. It's like, it's a star studded event, Greg. I know. I'm you and I are literally just going to be sitting in the back, like wondering what the hell to talk on. No, that's not true. I don't know, bud. <laughs> you know me, I can never be, I'm never short of words. No, no. But yeah, I am, I am uh, excited to, to, to have that event. I am excited to, um, see what unfolds for this um for the economy too i I mean listen we we get a lot of feedback um about what we're doing but nothing matters more than reading your comments i know peter and i both read them so 
If you agree with us, please comment below. If you vehemently disagree, we want your counterpoint. We really would love counterpoints to everything we say. So if there's something that Peter or I just said that like, you're like, that is totally bullshit. And especially to stand correcting, meaning like we don't stand to be the ones who are the know-it-alls. Like you corrected yourself on that Howard Frank comment. Yeah, I I had no idea. I've never done his dental MBA thing. And who am I to speak? I just heard that he said that. So this is not just a monologue. It's a dialogue with our community. And that's what, makes, that's what makes it powerful. Not only what we do on the Mighty Network, but if you're seeing this on YouTube or whatever, please comment, comment below as well. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited for that. And um, yeah, dude, there's just, there's so much, there's so much fun going on. And we'll save some of these. Hey, by the way, my, uh, my, my biohacks, my one through four biohacks podcast are coming out so soon. Cool. That I told you I wanted to fly fly on because you would have been like what the hell's wrong with you so hopefully i don't let you down buddy when you listen to yeah me. i would you would lose me i'm just like just give me the goddamn no it'd be cool take. the first one's on sleep and it's such a powerful one it's such a good one and sleep and diet and biohacks and longevity. are you wearing your aura ring right now by the way i am me I too am. shout out to aura ring uh not that they yeah. sponsor us or anything no, like they that they do not but... sponsor us um but it, that's coming out and that's just going to be a bonus episode because I, I look, it's not lost. I told Lacey, I was like, look, it's not lost on me that this is a dental podcast. We're not trying to get into be economists or biohackers or whatever, but I think it's really cool because we, oh my gosh, great score. Good for you. You know why you have that score, by the way? Why? Not, not because of gummies. Because no, but what's the readiness of 92 mean? What is that? Means you're, it means you are ready to roll. So Aura is an excellent, excellent sleep monitor. It's a really shitty, in my opinion. Are you going to talk about HRV and all that shit? HRV is great. HRV, right? Like during your biohack thing? Because I don't even know. No, I didn't talk about that because there's no need to. But that is an indication of your readiness. But but your readiness, it means you you are ready to tackle the day. Yeah, it just says I have a 92 optimal readiness. 92 is like a great goal. But you also probably have enhanced that tremendously, Craig, by some of the other tips I've given you. And I'm sure from that chili pad. The chili pad is a game. You know, I'm not using the chili pad. My chili pad leaked. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's freaking leaked, bro. It leaked all over my bed. Uh, yeah, was, they sent me a new one. I just haven't set it up It sounds like user it. error to me. What the hell do I do on my bed that would cause it to leak? You just didn't snap the components in right. No, I snapped that shit. upside I, down. No, 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 no. It was working for happening. a long time. No, so anyway, no, wait, I don't did use you get a replacement? Anymore. Yeah, they sent me a replacement. Just haven't okay. put it on yet. All right. Yeah, I'm not using a chili pad, but I the do. Biggest, I, the biggest hack that I've made, I don't want to spoil the thing, is is I'll give you a hint on, on why to listen to this, is that you're, the biggest disruptor of your sleep is your iPhone. And I won't yes, tell you why. Yes, 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 yes. But you probably know. Yeah, you've light. told me. You've told blue me. Blue light. It's, yeah. it, it suppresses your melatonin secretion by three hours. I know. And I'm giving, I give ways in that, in that pod on how to, because I like to do, I look, I like to chill on my phone right before bed and look at things. Not as much as to, I do, man. I counteract it. I know you're in, you're, you're hot and heavy on the socials, on the yeah. socials right before bed. Yeah. I'm on like dental disrupt nation, like literally writing a response and then deleting it. <laughs> Like when people are like, dentistry sucks and people don't show up for their it's interviews. It's the hygienist's fault. It's the hygiene, the hygiene. These girls are terrible. There's blood on their hands. There's, There's blood, blood on yeah. their hands. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just like it's like watching. Like, yeah, terrible. Anyway, shout out all to right, everybody trying to improve dentistry. They're all doing it in their own way. Yeah, well, okay. All right, everybody. 
We'll see you next time on the Bulletproof Podcast. See, that was an appropriate exit out of the podcast. Yeah, we didn't have maybe not a good entrance, but a good exit. But it's okay. See you, everyone. See ya. It's time, baby.